We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. This is the Boston College Football Show, presented by Bud Light. For the next hour, we'll have special guests and get you caught up on Eagles football. The Boston College Football Show is presented by Bud Light. Dilly dilly. And also sponsored by McGovern Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Driven by you, Bletzer and Bletzer PC. Developing long-standing relationships with the clients we serve since 1959. Now it's time to talk BC football. Alongside head coach Steve Adazio, here's the voice of the Eagles, John Meter Perel. And happy Monday, everybody. Hope you enjoyed your Columbus Day. Thanks for joining us on the BCIMG Sports Network from Jake and Joe's off Route 128 in Waltham. Our spot every Monday night. Good to have you with us. Johnny DePerel with my broadcast partner, Pete Cronin, and the coach, Steve Adazio. Steve, good to see you as the Eagles are coming off a uh, valiant comeback at NC State on Saturday. You said at halftime you were very disturbed with your play, but the good news was you came back and you made it a ball game. And upon further review, how did things look to you in this overall matchup? Last week? Yes. Well, we had opportunities in the first half on offense, uh, clear opportunities. We did not take advantage of them. Um, you know, would have changed the whole complexion of the game. Um, we had to make those plays. We were on the road against, an, I think, an outstanding team. I think a team that could be a 9-10 win team. And we were there without our best player. And we had to make those plays early that were there available for us to make. And they were there. We didn't make them. Um, and I would say the other piece of that is we, did a, we were not very good on, uh, on third down. And uh, we were 0 for 7 in the first half. So we couldn't stay on the field. We couldn't create you know, any multiple tempo plays. We couldn't get going. Um, and on the other side, we were, we were struggling uh, getting off the field as well. Third down was another enemy there. And, uh, you know, but we hung in there and we battled. Um, tried to come out, make some adjustments at halftime. What were the adjustments? Well, we wanted to adjust our run game a little bit because obviously, you know, I mean, we're, we're, we're wired for A.J. And we're trying to, you know, hang on to what we're doing until he gets back. But in the same breath, I think, you know, Benny can do some of those things. But on a steady diet, we had to get some more shotgun runs for him. And I thought in the third, well, we didn't touch the ball the first 10 minutes of the third period. But when we did touch the ball, I thought we adjusted well. I thought we became explosive on offense. Uh, we were connecting on a lot of those throws we missed in the first half, and we looked like a, a real team the last few minutes of the third quarter and then the fourth quarter. Right. So um, I was happy with the battle of the kids. I thought special teams took a big step forward. We made a lot of plays. We separated the ball from the punt returner on a big play early. We blocked. The, they had a 16-play drive that ended up with a blocked field goal, and we were able to block a punt down the home stretch to put us back in it at the end because we had to overcome losing the ball going in on the two-yard line. So uh, we overcame a lot of adversity and did some really positive things at the end, but the first half killed us, and those are the reasons why the first half killed us. When you look at the third down numbers like we all do, one for ten, what do you guys look at when you t in terms of is it just staying on schedule on first and second down? Is that is, is it Well, yeah, I mean, that? The, the, hey, the more you're on schedule in first and second down, the easier third down is. But those were doable third downs. We just... 
weren't connecting on those third downs. There was breakdowns on those third downs that were not there in the third, in the fourth period. But in the first and second period, we had breakdowns on them. But here's the deal. We're trying to be more aggressive throwing the football. And so on first and second down, like we went right down the field in the opening drive, right? Yeah. And we had, we hit a quick game. We hit a, uh, we hit a, a sweet play with Benny down the sideline. And we came right back, and we wanted to hit a play-action pass into the end zone. Um, we had an MA, a mistake up with the tailback on picking up a backer run-through. He sidestepped it. There's Jeff Smith. There's no one within 10 yards of him in the end zone. We missed the throw. We went for that throw. That was there. We didn't. It didn't come together, okay? Now you're behind the sticks. And then I think, if I remember correctly, um, we ran uh, a wide zone play. Didn't get much on it, and then we threw the ball again, and we ran our. We, we had good protection. We we had we, we, you know we didn't get a good read on the play, and we took a sack when there was no pressure on the quarterback. Right, and and that was the end of that story right there. I and mean, then that's what happened. And you know if you, if I put the film on right now, and we watched that first drive. You you'd think you were going to have an entirely different first half than you had, but yes and no. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the fact that we missed the guy wide open in the end zone, that was the tale of the of, of what was to come because we couldn't stay on the field because we were missing those. We had another series, we had another big throw down the field wide open. And, you know, so we've got to make those plays, especially with A.J. out right now. We've got to make those plays. Those plays have to happen, you know, and so the, the pressure on those plays becomes greater. We were talking about it with the absence of A.J. in, uh, in the – need for other people to fill the void and the opportunity to, to fill the void. Right. But it was interesting, you know, you try to take positives out of this thing and like the collect, collectively we agreed the effort midway through the thir- third quarter was, was uh, it says an awful lot about your football team that you can build upon. Yeah. How do you get that? I understand the plays, but how do you get that as soon as a whistle, as soon as a ball hits the foot, the opening kickoff, that intensity that you seem to have it, and it got away from you, and then you get it back, which is great. Yeah, but it got away from you a little think, bit too long. Uh, you know, I, you're, you're asking me to project and, and, and tell you that you know I don't have the secret answer for that, right? That would be like the miracle sauce for every team in the country. Um, but what I would tell you is this: I would say to you, we had a very good chemistry and a very good feeling for what we were we want to do, and I think. Like you witnessed in NC State, that quarterback is, is outstanding, right? A good player. Sure. He's a really good player. He'd probably, you'd say he's their best player in their team, right? Yeah. That'd be like them coming to Chestnut Hill without their best player. You know, they're, they're, there's a little bit of an adjustment there, okay? So I would tell you that, you know, we needed to, we, you know, we're, we're adjusting to that a little bit. And, and we're trying to do that while we're on the road playing arguably one of the more elite teams, I think, in my opinion, is going to happen in the conference. Oh, they're loaded. You know, so they had a really good O-line, a really good quarterback, and outstanding big, tall receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, defensively, they're young up front. They're physical, but they're young. And their back end, you saw what happened in the back end. There was a lot of opportunities. I think if you're really throwing the ball well, you're going to create some – you can create some damage there a little bit, okay? And we threw the ball well in the, in the second half, but we probably didn't throw the ball well enough in the first half. Had we done that, we would have stayed on the field. This would have been an entirely different game. If we shoulda, coulda, woulda. When you it look didn't at happen. when you look at the tape of Anthony, is it a, is that a mechanical issue? What do you what do you go through with him? It's not just Anthony now. I mean, you know, we had a couple of route breakdowns, we had a couple of drops, and then we had a couple of missed throws. I mean, right. you know, and the, I, I, you saw him in the second half. He was 
pinpoint spot on. He was. And, uh, you know, we are a power-running football team, guys. I mean, you know, we have really increased our throwing game. We have really come a long way there. But we are a power-running football team. I mean, that's our identity. And, you know, right now that identity is shaken a little bit. And, and we once again, we played really well up front. You know, and what we're going to have to do is, as you said, Pete, those guys are going to have to rise up and make more plays there, okay? And we're probably going to have to get the big young back going a little faster and help Ben. But, you know, Ben ran for 100 and something yards. Yeah, he had a pretty good day. I mean, don't, I don't want to portray that he didn't play well because he did play well. He yeah. ran the ball pretty darn well now, okay? The other thing was in the first half, we were 14 passes, 15 runs. That's almost 50-50. That's a little skewed for us. In the second, at the end of the game, we were exactly 50-50, which is a little skewed because we had to throw it more at the end to come back. But my point to you would be, I wouldn't say we're exactly a 50-50 team, right? I mean, when we're clicking on all cylinders, you know, we're probably more of a 75-25, maybe a 65-35, you know, because we want to feature what we would all argue that we have the best tailback in the country, certainly in the conference, right? So we're going to put a heavy hand on that guy. Right, mm-hmm. and he can carry that heavy-handed load. Well, Ben's doing a hell of a job, but that's not exactly his forte. So, you know, it, it, you know, if you sense a little frustration, to be candid with you, my frustration here a little bit is, is, you know, a year ago we finally got ourselves in sync. We lost our quarterback, right? Now we get ourselves in sync and we lose our darn tailback. Now I'm not going to cry in my beer, okay? But. Give me that pity party for five seconds here, okay? And what I'm trying to do is figure out now how we're gonna, you know, how we're gonna adjust this. We got to keep moving forward. We've got really good players on our football team, and we're gonna have to rely a little heavier on our throw game, and that throw game is gonna have to come through. That's the moral of the story. Now, does that mean we're gonna become a throwing team? I don't think we. That's not who we are. But we're gonna have to make those plays that we didn't make. And we are very capable of doing that. Is that a fair statement? Yes. Okay. And I'm trying to be, that's as accurate as I can be with you right there. All right. And we've got to play better on the other side. Okay. Uh, We got to get off the field. That goes without saying. Okay. Because the more you, you do that, the more opportunities and more cracks you get to get yourself going on offense too. So it's, it's kind of like that. Um, what we have to do right now is we have a chance to play Louisville at home. We have a chance to get our fifth win, and we got a chance to get the five and two in the bye week and get people healthy. So our goal and our focus, the single focus right now, is to get ready for this game and win this football game. That's where we are right now. And that's what happened last week. What we need to do is learn from that and, and, and adjust to where we need to adjust to. But we've got a, we got a one-game season. we got to find a way to get our fifth win and get to the bye week. That's my focus. That's our team's focus right now, and that's what we're doing. And we got to go back and really pay attention to our fundamentals. And, you know, following the, the Purdue game, there was, there was this uh, uh, sense of anger and frustration, obviously, that there would seem to be a lot of energy around getting, getting to that next Saturday and setting the, setting the script straight. Yeah. You, do you get that same feeling from this group coming yes. off that loss last week? What you saw from this football team is a team that's got a tremendous uh, resiliency to them, a tremendous toughness and fight to them. And right now, what they're all about right now, just like our, just like I am, just like the coaches are right now, we're all about one thing. We've got to we've got to rise up, 
and get better in areas that we have to get better in and to compensate and to push forward right now on both sides of the ball and special teams. I thought special teams really rose up, and that's what you have to do, and that's what we have to do this week. Listen, every team in the country is confronted with different sets of circumstances that you have got to adjust with. This is not the last time we're going to have to adjust to an issue, right? Last year we went through about five linebackers. So we're going to adjust to this. We're going to continue to go, and we're going to, we're going to have a good football team. And, and we have a good football a team. positive development, of course, is the turnovers caused. Yeah. Four turnovers, and yeah. you're, you're, you're turning the ball, or opponents are turning the ball over at a prolific rate. You're one of the top turnover-causing teams yeah. in the country. Well, we're creating those, and that's a positive thing on the defense. You know, we're, we're leading in turnovers. We're, we were really up there in TFLs and in sacks. Right. Yeah. Now, you see the game plan that people have against us right now, right? It's a quick game game plan. It's a check with me at the line of scrimmage game plan. It's all about not letting our pass rushers get to the quarterback and get hits on the quarterback. So, you know, you're seeing the formulation now of how people are choosing to try to attack us. Well, we got a real, I got a real charge out of pre-snap, got an adjustment from the sidelines. They made, a, they made an right. adjustment. You made an adjustment. Well, that, you saw that pick with Kevin Blutzer. That was a that was a that was a check recheck, right? They saw a check. They checked. We rechecked the defense. We intercepted the ball. It was great. Okay, so that was excellent. you know, I mean, that's the kind of stuff. This is a little bit of a. I don't want to say that's a new game because you know people have been doing that for a long time, but. In the last few weeks, this has clearly become the game we're in full-time right now. And it's because of our pass rushers. That's what it is. And obviously, we're going to have to tighten up our coverage. We're going to have to challenge more balls, you know, which is dangerous, right? Because, you know, you start getting those stutter goes and out and ups and things like that. But we're going to have to challenge those short throws because, you know, we're letting them keep in schedule here. All of a sudden, first down, you throw it a quick game, boom, you get six yards. It's, you know, it's second down and four. You know, so we're going to have to adjust to these things. And then when, you know, young corners sometimes are a little nervous to challenge those. Right. You know? yep. Well, one of your leaders on defense, Zach Allen, was an absolute warrior. We thought he might be done for a long time coming no, off with a shoulder. He's good. No, no, he's great. It was amazing to us that he came back. We had mute downstairs saying, oh, boy, looks really bad. Yep. And, you well, know, yeah. Four plays, four plays later, he's back on the field. Yeah. He's fine. He's doing great. Um, yep. Doing good. Great. Good. And, and, and frankly, you know, from, from a spectator standpoint, him going out was, you could see that it, it was going to have an effect on the people around them. Yeah. And him coming back in, I'm, it was a remarkable response. It was just, it was, yeah. you, could, you noticed an increased intensity on the defense, and things, things started to happen. I mean, you're talking about your marquee player in defense. You're talking, you know, we were talking before about our marquee player on offense. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, those, you know. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it has an effect on you. It definitely and, and, does. And, you know, um, thank God, you know, he's okay. You know? So, you know, you need a little bit of luck to keep your guys healthy. It goes a long way, and it's a big part of this thing right mm -hmm. now. you got to stay healthy. You know, you, especially at, at, you know, at the epicenters of what you're doing, you need to stay healthy. You know, uh, whether that's your quarterback tailback, whether that's your pass rusher slash, you know. Yeah. The fulcrum of your team, as you always say. Way to put it. We'll come back to talk about Louisville, who's on the horizon on Saturday at 1230 at Alumni Stadium on the BC Football Show from Jake and Joe's and Waltham. After this, from Anheuser-Busch. Awaiting the snap from Bradbury. Play fake. Down the middle. Picked off at the 20 by the Eagles. To the 25, out of the 27. Bad throw by Finley, and Kevin Bletzer picked it off. He was waiting in no man. 
Giants land. Eagles force another turnover, the third of the day. Live from Jake and Joe's, you're listening to the Boston College Football Show, presented by Bud Light. Once again, here's John Meter Perel. Another example of a BC defender stepping up and playing a big role. Kevin Bletcher stepping in, an injury opportunity comes. Bletcher comes in there, makes a terrific play. He also blocked the kick. He's that type of guy, Coach Adazio, that you can rely upon. He's been in the program a long time now. He's seasoned, and it looks like he's growing by the day. Yeah, Kevin did a great job, made two big plays in the game. And, uh, you know, they were important plays, and, you know, so that's fantastic. It was. And, you know, I think Ryan, I think Finley had a, obviously a good game, but he was flummoxed at times. And that's a credit. I know the defense was a little uneven at times, but they, they caused some turnovers I mean, yeah, to their credit. Yeah, no, they did. They have all year. That's why, you know, I remain, you know, to my mind, we just got to stay, just got to get, we got to fundamentally keep working on our fundamentals and just continue to hang in there. Let some of these couple of young DBs season a little bit and, you know, and play a little cleaner. And I think we'll, we'll be fine, you know, and, uh, you know, that was a challenge. That was a challenge last week offensively. I mean, that was a, a talented football team for sure. Was he's thrown for 300 yards against everybody? And one guy that's emerged that Pete and I were talking about is Mike Palmer, who's making plays. Uh, seems like a little Hamp Cheevers like. It seems like he's always around the ball. Is that the case? Yeah, I mean, Mike's, you know, he, he's had a great camp. He's really starting to mature. He's making plays on special teams and at safety. So, you know, he's a guy that we're trying to work in there a little bit. And then we give us a chance to move Lucas to corner a little bit, which is, you know, different to him. So we're working through those things right now. Um, you know, you always worry about, you know, you take a guy out of his normal position and move him, and then you got two positions that are, yeah. you know. So tough to compensate. We're, we're, we're trying to work through that a little bit. Mm-hmm. This team here, this Louisville team, is interesting. They're having their troubles. Uh, but off air we were talking, they're, they profile a lot like NC State. They are v- extremely athletic. I mean, they, they get athletic kids and which always makes them dangerous oh yeah no they're dangerous i mean they they you watch them on defense i mean i think they're pretty good on defense to be honest with you but they uh you know last week they played against a wishbone i mean that's a whole different animal and if you're not ready for that you go that'll carve you i don't care who you are and they got carved um but uh that's that's a different deal you watch them play against florida state and they were playing really good defense against florida state so They've got athletic guys, as you mentioned, on offense. They've got some real – I mean, the skill players from a year ago are back. Right. Quarterback's a little different, right? Yes. But anybody's different from the quarterback they had before, right? That's that's an understatement. You're talking about one of the greatest athletes in college football history. Right. Um, but they've, they've got some skilled players. They've got a big, talented offensive line. Um, so they've got, they've got players, and uh, they're going to come in here and, you know, they're fighting for their lives, you know. Yeah, especially after losing by 35 points. Jawan Pass is the quarterback you speak of. What does he do well? Big athletic guy. I mean, can make plays. Got a good strong arm. Yep. So, you know, we just got to do a good job of getting to him and mixing our coverages and some of the things we tried to do last week. Of course, last week that was a, you know, that was an elite cue. And yep. uh, you know, we made a lot of throws. We got to disrupt this guy so we can't you know get him out of rhythm yeah coaches are not always accused of being the most brilliant people they they go back and see what has worked in the past and they're gonna i would expect that they're gonna look over over what your your sampling of the season 
and to give you what what's worked in, in other in other ball games. Sure. You, you might you might get a might look a lot like North Carolina State their game plan the way they the way they, the way they go sure. with, with the way they're athletic. Yes. Yeah. Sure it will. You know they see something that works. You know they make you take it away. Uh, it's not real complicated. You know it's. Uh, you do the same thing, you know, on offense, take a look. I'll take a look each week at, you know, the, the explosive runs against the team through the year and say to myself, okay, you know, you know what, what what have people had success with here? Why? And take a look at it like that, you know. Yeah. So then the prevailing attitude, stop it. I'm going I'm to do it until you stop it. Yeah, I think you look at it and you try <laughs> to figure out if it's sound. If it's just this great player making some guy miss, that's a whole other story, right? Yeah. But, I mean, if it's a sound concept you're trying to use attack a defense or attack an offense why not if you had a wish list right now and i'm sure you do on defense to improve the defense what would it be well i mean i, I think it starts with stopping the run yeah yeah i mean it always starts there and then we've got to get off the field on third down i mean we just got to get off the field on third down plain and simple the the you've said in the past that You've noticed some, you have some concerns over gap integrity against the run. Is, is, is that continuing to be the problem? I know you're emphasizing it. I, I see I see a practice working on it. Is there more to it, or is it just, you know, keep drilling it in? I think it's keep drilling it in, and I think third, here's the deal. This is what I think. Third down, when you don't get off the field on third down, and you have to stay on the field. I think it compounds. They get a new set of downs. You go, you're in there for you know four, uh, three plays. Then you're in there for nine plays. Then you're in there for twelve plays. And what happens is you start getting worn down and tired. And then these runs start having an effect on you. Okay. And then we've got pass rushers. Like when they're pass rushing, I mean they are like all out, all out. And then they don't get a hit on them or whatever, you know, Then and all of a sudden there's a conversion. You can just see it's like, and then they're backhand on the ground again. And I think if we we got to do a better job on third down so that we can get off the field. And I think if we get off the field, the rest of those things are going to pick up. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, you know, I think the focus is, you know, in, in those third and seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelves, thirteen, fourteens, they're backbreakers. You know, we had a couple of third and 13s, a couple of third and 15. I mean, it's just, you know, we, we have a sack on the guy. He spins out of it. He rolls to his right. He throws the ball. It was third and 15. That's a backbreaker. Then you got to reline up with a new set of downs again. In plus territory. That's what's happening. Yeah. And that's what Finley does. And then on the, the, the implications of that are now the field's tilted on the offense, too. Yeah. So even if you get off the field, you you got a bad field position. Like, right. like Zach had that really great interception, which was phenomenal. But the ball's on the six-yard line. Right, you know, and and I'd rather have the ball in the sixth than have them have a touchdown. But the ball's on the six-yard line, and then you're, you know, you're trying to come out. Your 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 whole call selection is different, and then you're punting the ball out of there. Then they get the ball back on the fifty again. Here we go. You know what I mean? So, third third down. If you had to say wish list, third third down. I mean, third down on offense, third down on defense. Both those downs, if they improve, I think that our whole team has a whole different feel to it. I know it's early on Monday. Question of the week you'll get yeah. A.J. Dillon's status. Do you have any idea? No idea. And I'm not just saying that. I have no idea. Um, it's going to be a day-to-day -day thing. Um, we'll see. He's making good progress. I can tell you that. Great. But we'll see. You know, that's, you know, those, those are tough deals. 
So, um, you know, it's one thing if you're an offensive lineman, you know. Um, but we'll see what happens. It's a day-to-day. I, I really have no crystal ball. I have no feel. I'm just – I talk to him every day. I see him every day. Um, he's got a great attitude and upbeat, and he's improving. So we'll see where we are come come week's end. But, you know, do I think that, you know, we're going to sprinkle pixie dust on it and we're going to be all set tomorrow? No, I don't. But the, the takeaway is, though, you're, you've, you've, you're taking another look at what you have without him and, yes. you, and making adjustments to accommodate, to maximize the, the effectiveness of what, you, what your talent pool will provide. Yes. yes. Without completely reorchestrating our offense right now, we're trying to find out the tweaks that we have to make to accentuate exactly who we are right now and trying to make those decisions. You know, um, we had a plan last week, and I thought we had a good plan. I'm not going to tell you it wasn't a good plan, but we didn't execute it. You know, we didn't we didn't make it happen in the first half. Um, now we're formulating a new plan this week, and, um, you know, does that mean I don't want to make it sound like we're going to radically change, but we're going to have some changes you know a couple wrinkles a couple wrinkles yeah. and and you know we'll, we'll see where that we'll see where that brings us you know? one enormous positive too offensively and there's been a lot of them this year you're tied for 12th nationally tied for the ACC lead with 38 plays of 20 or more yards yeah you're right I didn't mention that yeah we're we are very explosive and we continue to be very explosive um, and that's something we haven't been here probably in a long time um, so if we can get the rest of this put in here you know, we, we want to be, I told you what we want to be. We want to be a hunter play a game. We want to have a bunch of explosives. You know, we want to um, we want to stay on the field and get that tempo going. We couldn't get the tempo going because we couldn't stay on the field. Right. But the team is just, it's playing at another gear from a speed perspective. Pete and I talk about it a lot. Fastest team we've seen. You said that. Fastest team you've coached here. So that's, an again, it's a testament to what you've done. You've brought in that type of player. Got to win. You got, do. got to go win this week. You know, just got to go win. You know, it's just, um, you know, I, yes, all yes to all those things. You know, but, but, in, you know, competitive excellence. You know, we, we've got to, we've got to fire exactly the way we need to fire in the most competitive moments, and in, in in the most competitive atmospheres and the most competitive times, and and that that's got to happen. And it's happening, but inconsistent. Yeah. It's it's definitely inconsistent. And and correct. We need to get it more consistent. Uh, I know we, I know we can. I know we will, um, and that's what we're working at at a feverish pace. But you know, what happens is we we lost our biggest explosive weapon, and we've got to make sure we find another way to get that done. From a, a stepping back, you know, always want to focus on the positives. When you look at the the statistics uh, from the game, the final. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's things just glare at you. And to think that you were you were a score out, score away from winning that football game is just it says uh, it's a great testimony to the. You talk about resilience and toughness. Yeah. It, it's it's going to be something you can build upon. I think it's explosiveness on both sides of the ball. We're very explosive, not consistent, but explosive. That's why the defense had. What's an explosive defense? Creating turnovers. Yeah. What's explosive in special teams? Creating turnovers. What's explosive in offense? Creating big strikes. We're able to do that. But the both sides, the 
consistency of maintaining the ball or getting off the field is not there. If that were there, that would have been an entirely different football game. You know, and we saw a peak at that against Wake. We've seen peaks of that this year, um, and so we're we're in a race in the, against the clock to get that where it needs to be. But you're back home. We'll talk about that coming up. Also, we've got to talk about some Eagles in the NFL with Coach Adazio as the BC Football Show continues from Jake and Joe's in Waltham after this from Nissan. Yard shy of the red zone. Brown shotgun. Bend off the line. Shakes the tackle to the 15 to the 10 to the 5. Touchdown, Ben Glines. He's the Eagle in the end zone. Live from Jake and Joe's, you're listening to the Boston College Football Show presented by Bud Light. Once again, here's John Peter Perel. Another big day for Ben Glines. Part of the Eagle offensive attack has become a focal point in the absence of A.J. Dillon. Good to have you with us on the B.C. Football Show. A reminder, our kickoff on Saturday at 12.30 against Louisville. 12 o'clock, our broadcast time on the B.C. IMG Sports Network. Steve Adazio, Jami DePerel, and Pete Cronin. Coach, a stout offensive line. You talk about it every week. One thing I'm impressed with, too, not only the run blocking, but the pass blocking. It yeah. seems like there's been a lot of clean pockets for Anthony Brown to throw in. Yeah, there have been. Yep. And is that just a – what are you most happy with in terms of that unit? The cohesion? Yeah, I, mean, I think they're playing well. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're blocking well, they're pass blocking well, run blocking well. They're, I mean, they're, that very um, second play of the game, that sweep that Ben ran down to the 30, wow. I mean, Chris Lindstrom and John Baker came out and just wiped out, you know. <laughs> and, and, Great yeah, block. I mean, it was like – I was like – I mean, we, it looked good, you know. They look good. They were running. They were moving. It was it was impressive. And they you, get, well. you get a lot of those, though. You, I, you know, the, the game within the game. Most people are watching the ball, not in our booth. We we watch what allows the ball to land or go where it goes. Right. And you get, I get, I don't know what you call them, but I see a lot of pancake blocks. Yeah. So you guys are getting very physical up there. They're yeah, doing a great job. You know, I'm very very pleased with the and the tight ends are a part of that. I'm very pleased with them. Yeah. You know, tight ends are catching the ball well. Chris Garrison, Tom Sweeney made that beautiful catch. I mean, I, I, I think I think that that part of our game is very strong right now. You know, so we just got to get more consistent in the other parts of our game. And you get Colt Lichtenberg back. He looked like he was okay. And I yep. think Grant Carlson punted the ball pretty well too. So overall, and Michael Walker is the best returner in the ACC. So that that's another unit where you can say, okay, check mark. I can maybe sleep a little better at night. It's improving, but it's a week-to-week deal. But yeah, I mean, we got better. I mean, we're improving. Um, you know, the only the only thing I worry about is a lot of those guys in those coverage units are on defense, and they're taking so many snaps that all of a sudden they're getting gassed. You know, so you got to watch that too. You know. Yeah, it seems like man, I don't know how you, how how do you sleep at night, or you don't? I just you know you, you just yeah just nervous all the time about everything. You know, be honest with you, just yeah. worried about. Sometimes even after the game, you know, you walk in, you walk in the training room, you get the you get the injury reports, and you're like, "Can I just go home and have ten minutes apiece?" I mean, <laughs> stop. I mean, you know, everyone tells you there are ten minutes of, you know, everything that's wrong, and all of a sudden your jug gets full with everything that's not right, you know. Yeah. And sometimes you just want to empty that jug, you know. <laughs> you know? Cronin always says to me, "You know, me, I could have been a coach. I could have been a coach." And I spend time with you guys, and I realize that maybe I made the right decision. You'll probably live longer. I will live longer, but I won't have as much fun. No, I, I, 
Okay. It's all good. Well, one thing that you guys have done a great job in many things, but developing players for the NFL. And it popped at me yesterday, again, watching the red zone and seeing Matt Milano making plays in Buffalo, John Johnson making plays for the Rams. You can go all the way down the list. Of course, you weren't here for Luke Keekley, but obviously uh, uh, the top of that list right now is Luke Keekley. But Justin Simmons. Yeah. Making plays in Denver. Isaac Yadin making plays. Uh, John Wetzel, offensive tackle from Arizona. Kevin Pierre-Lewis, linebacker with the Jets. Harold Landry has been a demon coming off the edge. So when you look at that, I know you probably don't watch the NFL that much, but when you look at those type of guys excelling, that, you have to take a lot of pride in that, don't you? Yeah, I'm happy for those guys that are living their dream like Pete did. And, you know, just it's really, really rewarding and happy for them to see them grow and develop and let their dreams become a reality, you know, and that's awesome. You know, it's it's what you're it's what you're striving for to see these young people develop and and have an opportunity to chase their and realize their dreams. When Milano was here, did you see him as a prototype NFL linebacker or hybrid? Yes, I mean, honestly, <laughs> when he when we first got here, I remember Donnie and I having a conversation about um, about Matt. You know, and he you know he came in as a strong safety, and I'm like, I think he can play linebacker. He's like, ah, he's not going to be big enough. I'm like, I'm telling you, I think that kid can play linebacker, okay. you know. And uh, he just went on to really watch him. He's just a great kid, really tremendous kid, really coachable guy, loves football. He has stuff you don't coach, though. You know, he's got great instincts. You know? mm-hmm. That's why he's, I think, making such an impact so quickly. You know, he's just got real instincts. Some do, some don't. You know? Right. Well, it was a, we always had this conversation about uh, the, at each level, the people who are evaluating the talent in the NFL, obviously scouts, uh, scouts and coaches. Uh, Howard Mudd was a legendary offensive line coach. Uh, I had him up in Seattle. He was in between jobs. He was doing some scouting, and he was over at BC. So we got talking, and he said. The toughest thing for a coach to, or a scout to determine is, did the guy I'm looking at play his best football yet? Whether it's coming out of high school and into college, whether it's college going into the NFL. And it's very clear that some guys have. It's why you make mistakes in the draft and so forth. But Matt Milano, it's just been a progression for him. A lot of these guys, yeah. they just got progressively better. And when you talk about what, you know your stamp on this program, um, Boston College has now got a reputation for putting defensive backs into the league. Yeah. Where'd that come from? Yeah. Well, we're trying to get more, you know, faster and more athleticism. And uh, But I think BC over the years, it's been about whether maybe at different positions, but I think a lot of guys at BC are guys that come in and develop and grow and, you know, and, and, and get better. And, you know, and what a, what a era they had. You know, they've had a lot of eras, but one era was, you know, certainly with Tom O'Brien. I mean, all those guys that came in, and some of them, and I know because I recruited against them all, were relatively lightly recruited, but they went on to be really great players, you know, and that's what we need to do here. We need to be able to hear, we meaning all of us collectively through the years are going to have to, you know, to have success, are going to have to be able to project and develop. Um, you're not, you're not going to, it's not going to be, you're not going to get a lot of ready-mades. Um, you know, maybe people don't understand that, but that's not, you know, it's you're going to get guys that are that that fit our program. How do they fit it? Well, they're high character. They're very intelligent. They want a great education. They want to be at BC. They love football. And then you got to look at those guys and say, okay, 
Maybe they're a little small right now. Maybe, uh, you know, find, find, find those things. What can you develop? What can you build, right? Chris Lindstrom, well, we can get him a lot bigger. How do you know that? Well, look at his dad. Look at his uncle. Okay. Um, you know, uh, Matt Milano came here as a strong safety, moves the linebacker. Luke Keekley originally was a strong safety, moves the linebacker. Uh, Anthony Costanzo was a real undersized guy coming out of high school, went to a, uh, whatever it was, Fork Union or whatever it was. And then his one offer was at Temple. And then Al Golden was the head coach at Temple, and he got mad at Saravo or somebody because somebody said something to somebody that, BC should look at him, and he ended up coming to BC. Temple thought they had him. But, I mean, that was who they beat out Temple to get him, you know, and he ends up going on to be this great player, you know. And, I mean, I keep going because I know him. Mark Colombo, I love Mark. He's one of my favorite guys, you know. I recruited him. He was 237 pounds, I think, you know. And I thought we would get him at Syracuse. I was trying to talk to George DeLeone. He's like, ah, oh, he's undersized. I'm like, he's going to be a great player, you know. And then BC takes him late. Boom, he wanted to go to BC. And he grows up to be this all-pro monster, you know. <laughs> so it just keeps going and going. They, they, you know, I don't, they say Matt, was, Matt Ryan was a little bit in that line, too. I mean, he was. go down the list. I mean, it, it, the list is large. And it's the same story all the time. And the, 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 the thing is that, that I get... I get all the coaches credit those ones we had success here recruiting they always went and looked yeah the the the, 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 the uh, matt ryan story was his uncle uh uh john lockery was the quarterback here at bc and he was the guy that got hurt that allowed food to win the game so right. so he never saw they never took another snap but very loyal to the school he said to me pete i got this my cousins i mean my nephew is a heck of a football player you right. look at him and no one's looking at him. No one's looking at him. Well, you know, it was kind of like you said. It's onesies and twosies. And, and apparently, finally, BC went down. And I said, he'll come if he I went look. through there. I, I forgot where I was. I think I was in Indiana or something. I don't even remember anymore. But I remember going through there and seeing him and saying to myself, he's a good little player. I remember watching his tape, right? Yeah, yeah. And I saw he's kind of a skinny dude. Skinny. You know? And I just was like, nah, you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, Hey, it's an inexact art, isn't it? An inexact yeah. science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is an inexact science, but I think it starts at BC with this. Having, having been here now in my sixth year, and it, you better start the process with the right guy that fits here at BC. Mm-hmm. You know, don't, don't try to take a round peg and put it in a square hole now. I mean, get a guy that academically fits the mindset, um, you know, high character, I mean, you got to get, you got to start with that, and, and you, and you got to build. And I think that's pretty important. I really do. Um, you know, I, I, so I think you need to be accurate in your evaluations, and you better be detailed. So, like, my, my model here is I like to have guys on here two, three times on campus before we roll. So that means you got to get going really early and get them on campus and get around them and get their parents around them. You know, it's got to be that whole deal to me here, you know. You know it's really, really important. And uh, I think, you know, and, and find, and we're, you know, amongst that, though, we're looking for guys that we feel are maybe overlooked or underdeveloped at a certain point in time that can grow in and be those guys. And that's a harder evaluation, to be honest with you. It really is. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's harder than saying here's a list of uh, 72 five stars. Um, you're going to get, you know, your share of those. You're going to get 15 of those. Go have at it. I've been there. I've been a part of it. I've done that. You know, you got to make good decisions. But I think if you do a study, you'll find that a bigger percentage of those guys, you know, it's easier to hit on, you know. Right. Well, one thing that's for certain, I think, this year, especially when it comes NFL draft time way down the road, BC's going to get a lot of buzz because BC might have 
the greatest number of draft picks for any school in the country, believe it or not. Well, we'll have to see when that comes. Sometimes I get worried about that conversation because that conversation doesn't help the here and now. You know, we got to be worried about. No, we got to be worried about Louisville, and I got to make sure I don't have a bunch of guys worried about you know eight months from now. You know, because right. in today's world, maybe not in the prehistoric days when Pete played, but in today's world, you know, uh, these guys are so focused on that. I mean, I'm just saying. I remember myself coming up. That was not your focus. Your focus no. was be the best player you could be right where you at. And you're just nowadays, it's like you know who doesn't play in a bowl game, who doesn't want to play anymore, who's this, who's that. It's all about what's going to be, and it's not what is. You know. And thank God, you know, we haven't suffered immensely from that. But I'm just saying that, you know, all this hype talk about the next level, I think, has affected college programs. Sure it has. You know, and, and, and that's scary, too. It is. It really is. And if you don't take care of your business in college and all those lofty goals and dreams, they may not become a reality. Right. Because you still got to produce. Well, we were talking about, you know, the olden days, just after the printing press was invented, uh, when I played, the... Uh, <laughs> The, what you had to do, if you had to hear that somebody, you had to do an interview, get a couple of quotes, then you had to hear somebody would tell you that, hey, you're in the paper. You had to go buy the paper. You had to find the sports page. You had to find the article. You had to read the article. Find the, I mean, there was something to it. Now it's just, it's now. It's boom. You didn't get an alert? No, there were no alerts. <laughs> Guys now are on their phones. Constant. Immediately following the game. In fact, you hear the pros. Right? We had some speaker talk to us. Sometimes at halftime are on their phones getting their stats and following their Twitters. and following. That's an amazing concept to me. And, and, and the information it's is so fast, but I'm telling you, it's not, it's, it, it, I think it's harmful. And I, I, think, I think all this information and all this talk and all these people commenting and having opinions on you, good, bad. You know, when it's good, it's good. But when it's bad, guys fall apart at the seams. They're reading all this bad stuff, and bad stuff affects you. And it's just, it's just information overload. It really is. What happened to the days... I'll just use the elevator for an example. You walk in the elevator, you say, hey, how you doing? You having a good day today? Yeah, I'm having a good day today. You walk in the elevator now, and this is what you get in the elevator. <laughs> and nobody speaks to anybody. In the locker rooms, you used to all be in your cubbies. Hey, what's going on? How's it going, man? What's going on? You had to talk to each other, right? Yes. You go in the locker room now? It's, for those of you wondering, he's looking at his cell phone. I mean, it's yeah. a different deal, and... You know, I, I personally, and I'm not trying to be like some archaic guy, I, I don't think that it's very productive or healthy. And I think you're seeing that outside of athletics in our world today. Sure you are. There's a lot of instantaneous information and erroneous information and, and you know, the integrity of some of the information. But these, this is what our guys, like you said, Pete, you're 100% right. You know, I mean, this is, I mean, what do you, you, you want to know about your status? Pick it up. There it is. They're going to have 17 people tell you what your draft status is. And there'll be another 37 people tell you what you did wrong, what you did right, and how you're getting coached poorly, how you're getting coached good. And you just read that over and over. It's toxic. It's very toxic. And it's a 17, 18, 19-year-old kid exposed to it That's all. Makes it even make, you know, yeah. make it very Boy, I, can't, I can only imagine a Patriot pulling out the phone at halftime in front of Bill Belichick. That phone would be thrown. Yes, and maybe that phone might be out there. I don't know. I, don't, I wouldn't go to the bank that that phone's not out there now. I'm just telling you. That would be interesting. This is the BC Football Show. We'll come back with Coach Adazio's keys to the game. BC and Louisville coming up Saturday after this from Bletzer and Bletzer. That's what you take out of this game is that they don't quit. They keep fighting. That's a pretty good day. Here's a block pop by the Eagles. It's loose in the end zone. They can dive on it, and they got it. They got it. Travis Levy, touchdown, Boston College. Are you kidding me?
This is the Boston College Football Show, presented by Bud Light. For more of tonight's show, let's go back to Jake and Joe's with your host, John Meter Perel. I had to, I had to lean over and get Meat back in the booth after that call. <laughs> he was on his way out. That's nine stories high. Oh, that would have been ugly. The would've fall would have got him, but the sudden stop. It would have been splat. Travis Levy, the recovery after the block punt by Mike Palmer. That was an explosive play. What a turnover. Pete and I had visions of the upset uh, coming uh, you know, coming full force there. I'm sure you did, too. You guys were going did, nuts yeah. on the sideline. That was a great play, an explosive play, and something you can build around. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we worked real hard for that, and it was time to pull it out and go, and we did, and we hit it, and... I just felt like we had great momentum on our side. You know, I really did. I, you know, I felt like we'd have a great shot at that onside kick. Yeah, no, I think that was, uh, I think we all did. But you know what? Heck of a comeback, 28-23 loss. If you turn your attention to the Louisville Cardinals at Alumni Stadium on Saturday at 1230. Uh, brought to you by McGovern Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram 777 Washington Street in Newton. What do you have to do to get it done? Well, I guess you asked me a question earlier. I'd say third down both sides. We got to be better on third down, both sides. Yep. And Louisville, your biggest concerns is it their explosiveness? Is it their athleticism? What is it? I'd say their athleticism. You know, which usually parlays into explosiveness. And the receivers look large. Are they similar to NC State? Yes, very. Yep. Interesting. So, see, I watched the game last week, like everybody. Let's see, 66-31. You made a good point today. It's off kilter because Georgia Tech's tough to defend, which they are. But everybody around the country sees they gave up eight touchdowns on eight possessions. Is that just of, an aberration, you think? Well, a lot of people have done that against the wishbone. I mean, yeah, I don't yeah. know what to tell you, but a lot of people, I mean, the wishbone will, if, if you're not locked in and prepared for that wishbone and it gets going on you, that's not, you know, that's Tough. not out of the norm. Right. Um, now, you know, it's in the same breath. If you, you know, if you have time to prepare and you've got a good plan, you know, and we've played against it, and you, you know, you can keep that thing in check. But when it gets away from you, it has a tendency to get ugly. It's yeah. the A back and the B back. I and the cut block. Played, right? I played it when they invented it. I think <laughs> Texas ran that thing. In Oklahoma, ran that thing, and boy, couldn't stop them. And then guys start worrying about you know their legs and cut blocks, and before you know it, no one's playing anymore. Oh, worried about their futures, you know. Here Chasing goes, goes my knees. None of us had futures in those days, so it or didn't knees. matter. Yeah. <laughs> Seen you walk? <laughs> uh, but did uh, Louisville's an interesting opponent for a number of reasons. Took it on the chin last week. You expect them to come in here with with, uh, with uh, retribution on their mind. You have to expect that. Yeah, and you know, I always look at it like this. It's only a matter of time for any team before they get their A game. You know. You roll them enough, and you get your A game. Every once in a while, that A game comes out. You know, we don't we don't need to see that. Yeah. What did you learn besides Lamar Jackson last year when you beat him? What you learn about him? <laughs> well, I mean, last year, uh, I learned that AJ Dillon had a big day against him last year. That's yes, what I did. learned. Yes, he did. Yeah. Well, hopefully, he'll have a big day this game. That's right. You never know. You never know. It's going to be a fun week, Coach Adazio. Good luck. Thank you. Appreciate. We'll catch it. you again. Yep. Always a great sport. BC Football Show, special thanks to Steve Chachachi, our producer, Wolf Golke, back in the studio. No show next week. We will not be here due to the bye, but we'll be back again. Jake and Joe is on October 22nd to preview the University of Miami.
That's about going to wrap it up from here. Join us on Saturday at noon on the BC IMG Sports Network. For Pete Cronin and Steve Adazio, I'm Jami DePerel. Have a great week, everybody. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.